listening to the Light Reading Podcast. Uh, this is Jeff Baumgartner, the Senior Editor with Light Reading, and I'm joined by Alan Bresnik, the Cable Video Practice Leader for Light Reading. That's How right. are you doing? All right, Jeff. How are you doing? How are you holding up? I'm holding up. How about you? A little tired. A little tired. I can imagine, because you've been um, on stage a lot the last couple of days, because we're conversing here from Berlin, Germany, which well, we've been here for the last couple of days to do cover and, and be part of Cable Congress, right. as well as uh, our event, Light Readings event, uh, Cable Next Gen Europe, our second annual one. And uh, so I think today we're just going to talk about, um, you know, some of the, the themes that we discussed and, and uh, talked about and, and uh, heard the uh, last couple days. And, um, you know, I thought one thing that I think we both kind of recognized was just the term cable. Yeah, seems to be a four-letter word, even though it's five letters. Yeah, yeah. It's, it just seems to be kind of slowly fading from existence in a way right. because um, one of the organizations involved with this event, uh, Cable Europe, is changing, kind of rebranding, right? right? Becoming uh, Giga Europe. Europe. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that kind of, you know, they say it's reflective of, you know, the move to gigabit level speeds as well as uh, network convergence. You know, we're not talking about just wired cable networks. We're talking about convergence with mobile and, and wireless. And, uh, and I think that was like probably the biggest theme this year, don't you think? Yeah, I definitely think that because it's, I mean, who's, who's got cable left in their name anymore? Except for uh, our events right now, it looks like. Because a lot of the companies have dropped cable, organizations have dropped cable, and it's all because they want to do... Um, be about more than just cable. They want to talk about all the different uh, networks that go into uh, making uh, gigabit speeds and broadband. So they want to, They want one term that will cover cable, fiber, wireless, and whatever else. And mobile. Comes, mobile, whatever else comes up. Yeah, yeah. It's like cable just doesn't quite uh, uh, cut it anymore in terms of describing the industry that it's become. Right. And, you know, I thought that it, it's weird to kind of talk about uh, – uh, fixed mobile convergence, because I remember that being a term that we were kind of bouncing around and people were talking about a lot like 12 years ago. In the aughts, yeah. Yeah, and it just seems like now it's finally becoming a reality just because uh, mobile operators are getting cable assets, cable operators are becoming mobile players. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, what Rogers in Canada has been for a long time. Right. It's just, it's just kind of taking hold in other parts of the, uh, the world. And I thought, you know, today we had um, our keynoter with uh, Vodafone Germany. Right. Um, I, I thought he was, um, uh, had a really interesting uh, discussion today because it kind of factored into this idea mm -hmm. of uh, uh, fixed mobile convergence and that, uh, you know, mobile only players aren't going to, survive. Um, so he talked about the importance of the, uh, uh, the cable assets for Vodafone Germany and, and how they're going to fit in with mobile and, and you know, kind of be uh, meshed together. But I'll let you, you know, you're up there with them. So. Yeah, and he mentioned the fiber assets too, the FTTH assets too. So right. they, they, want to, they want to do all of them and whichever makes sense in the particular situation. Right. And I thought what was, uh, you know, kind of interesting with that too was the uh, the idea of like a multi-layer approach and uh, three layers being you know, like a mobile layer, uh, you know, is one of them. And then 
uh, machine layer, you right. know, which was very tied to their Internet of Things uh, right. uh, angle, you know, and then that was going to become very part, uh, very key part of uh, you know that strategy and uh, uh, and five G and, and how, how that's going to kind of help drive their five G strategy too. Right. So. Yeah, they're just becoming platform agnostic, and, right. uh, and the old terms that we've used for so long of telco and wireless and mobile provider and cable provider just don't apply anymore because everybody's right. doing everything. Right. They're, they're, they become network providers, service providers, and you're kind of more agnostic now with respect to the access network and, and, right. and how services are being linked. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we're still talking a lot about DOCSIS. I mean, that's still going to be a key, key deal here. And I think that the message here, it was kind of similar to what we had at Cable Tech Expo not that long ago, and that is... Uh, it's going to live on for the foreseeable future. There's no right. end in sight in terms of where it's going to go next. This is true because there's a lot of talk about DOCSIS 4.0 and the two mm -hmm. different options for 4.0. Though it right. seemed like um, the European operators, for the most part, are more interested in uh, extended spectrum DOCSIS than they are in full duplex DOCSIS. Right. Yeah, because it still seems that uh, Comcast, or, yeah, Comcast seems to be the the uh, the champion. FDX. Yeah, FDX. We, we just don't seem to get a lot of uh, interest or uh, touting, you know, of full duplex doxes versus extended spectrum doxes, except uh, Gerhard did talk about FDX a little bit right. um, for Vodafone Germany, just because it may be some high density areas where it might make sense, right. um, you know, to pull fiber deeper and, you know, kind of go through the more expensive uh you know, network upgrade that you have to do, you know, to, to support that. So, um, and then uh, other big topics here, uh, distributed uh, uh, access was another, architecture was another uh, uh, big topic here as well. And you did talk a little bit about the generic access platform, which we'll get into as well. But let's talk about DAA first. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that in Europe, they actually operators seem to be a little more advanced than they are in, in North America in terms of rolling out DAA because we have uh, examples of Stofa and we have Tele2, which used to be Comhem, that have done remote five, uh, big, big deployments of remote five in their regions. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, Vodafone or the old Ono in Spain having done, done remote MacFi. So um, in, in North America, we can pretty much only point to Comcast and maybe Shaw as having done DAA, but it looks like there's been, actually been. Europeans have actually been first with that, even though the North Americans were first with Oxus 3.1. Right. And then the other thing that uh, maybe Europe wants little or nothing to do with at all from the, the operator perspective is the generic access platform, which is being developed into a standard. You know, granted, it's it's North American focused now right. because it's strand mounted uh uh, kind of standardized nodes, you right. know, with, with snap-in modules, you know, and kind of uh, commoditizing the node down to the shape and, right. and material that's used uh, in the node. And, uh, you know, I thought it was great that you got a chance to just ask a couple of operators in Europe what they thought of Gap. And, you know, the bottom line was... They do not like it. There's <laughs> a lot of harsh criticism of Gap, both from the mm -hmm. operators and from the vendors of might have expected it from the, the current node vendors, but I didn't. I didn't expect to hear it from the operators as strongly as, as we did. Right, because it seemed like even if they were to adapt GAP to like the European uh, 
footprint, which is more, more underground right. and cabinets and things like that. Uh, it was kind of like a thanks but no thanks. Right. Yeah. The yeah, only ones who have some, maybe some enthusiasm for GAP are the ones who've had some experience with what's basically an earlier version of GAP in the German market of a standardized cabinet. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those who've had experience with it are more seem more willing to maybe try on GAP. But the others, especially the Scandinavians, said no way. Yeah, yeah. It seems like even in the in the in North America, I'm I'm still a little skeptical, even if that market is going to be able to pull this off. I mean, there, there was a lot of uh, you know, uh, you know, charter and some suppliers like Intel and ATX and some other partners, you know, they all have skin in that game. They wanted to make it happen. Right. But, you know, it still seems like they're going to need more buy-in, you know, for this thing to take off, even in the market that it's being developed for. Yeah, it's interesting. Charter signed up for it, but nobody else has signed up for it. And, so, and certainly Comcast hasn't signed up for it. Definitely not. Yeah, and I think some other operators are, uh, it seems like more of a wait and see for right. them. Um, so they'll wait and see. And in the meantime, uh, European operators are saying no thanks. Right. <laughs> so, good. Um, the other thing, you know, we did uh, kind of dig into the uh, the smart home. You know, I, I moderated a panel there. And, and I just think that, uh, you know, the, me- the message I got is that, uh, you know, the service provider is going to have a central role, you know, in providing smart home services and doing the integration and kind of taking the, uh, uh, you know, the technology and, and guesswork out of it, right. more, more of an opportunity loss if you don't do it. Yeah, and uh, we, ha- we had an interesting presentation by Neil Illingworth from uh, Virgin Media, Liberty Global, about all the different kinds of smart home trials that, they, that they're doing. Right. So uh, Liberty is clearly very interested in smart home. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where all that leads to. Yeah, because the Connect app that they were, you know, that Neil was talking about, yeah, they, they had it doing a lot of different uh, pieces of the smart home. You right. Know, and, and uh, you know, things like, uh, uh, like uh, home care right. elements and, and, you know, integrating smart lights and, you know, doing a lot of security. Uh, energy, security, yeah. yep. energy, right, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what that ends up. You know, turning into if they can create a business model for it. Right. Yeah. And then um, kind of toward the end of the day, you know, cloud and virtualization, you know, we did um, uh, hear from uh, from Chris Masbro with, uh, Li- uh, with, um, with Liberty. Liberty Global. And, you know, I thought, um, you know, he, he kind of laid out a grand plan, you know, for virtualization and cloud. Right. Uh, you know, migrating. You know, kind of morphing into a, a cloud-based mm-hmm. architecture, like end-to-end, not just the access network, right? Right. Yeah, so it seems like they're holding up the European uh, lead on that, what Comcast is doing in North America. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how closely the two of them are aligning with each other or whether they're going in somewhat different directions. Right. I haven't had a chance to study that to see how closely the two of them will align with each other. Yeah. But even at the access network, right, they did talk about some virtualization work going on there, and I think... You know, they kind of became the latest major operator from, you know, cable, if we're still going to call them cable operator, to look right. at, like, a virtual CCAP. You know, Comcast is obviously rolling it out, but, but you know, he talked about kind of a, uh, you know, kind of sketching out some uh, ideas on how they're going to trial and possibly roll that out. Right, so now we have the biggest operator, cable operator in North America and the company that will at least until very recently was the biggest operator 
in Europe, both mm -hmm. going in similar directions now. Right, and I guess we'll have to keep an eye on Vodafone right. and see where they end up. But, uh, yeah, it seems like, um, you know, that, that, that part of the market has some uh, uh, some chances to pick up. So, I mean, those are the major things. Are, what, any other big takeaways that you had, you know, from, from our, uh, the event here? Uh, the other interesting thing was uh, Ben King from uh, uh, Design. I always say this wrong. Uh, making a very strong pitch for why cable operators and other pay TV providers should be carrying OTT video apps and and, and start forming their own new video bundles using right. those apps. You're right, because they're very sports oriented and they have all sorts of uh, uh, the various uh, uh, rights for different leagues. And, right. and uh, you know, it seems like you know they're they're a very interesting company. I mean, it seems like they've made a lot of uh, progress, like getting some. Some very uh, whether it's uh, uh, boxing or uh, even Premier League soccer and, right. and you know different you know, European soccer leagues you know very popular stuff. I mean we're not talking you know uh, the, the internet you know the international horseshoes <laughs> competition. I mean yeah they're 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 very high end and, and popular sports that they're focused on. Yeah, they clearly see themselves as being in league with ESPN, which was a kind of a shocker since. Uh, since we're both North American focused, we don't think of any sports player being as big as ESPN, but they clearly see themselves in, in the same same kind of scale. Yeah, well, and I think in, in, uh, they also have some uh, some DNA from from uh, ESPN with uh, uh, John Skipper, you know, being very uh, you know way up the ladder there at the zone. So, uh, so you can kind of see where where maybe he, he feels that uh, you know, maybe the zone can kind of fill a gap. Uh, that's there that maybe ESPN and some of the other guys aren't feeling right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that now they're in North, playing in North America too. We'll see how, how the two of them go head to head. Yeah, very good. Well, Alan, thanks a lot for your time. You know, it was a good week, and I guess we'll, we'll have to um, uh, put our heads together uh, here heading into uh, 2020. You know, as we, we started to think about our own events, and, and right. it's like, what do we do with the cable term? I mean, I think it's, it'll probably <laughs> stick around, but uh, you know, we might have to start thinking about what else to do. That's true. Okay, we'll have to we'll have to bring in some brain trust. All right, sounds good. Okay, right. thanks. Thanks, Ed. everybody. Thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by Tian Fu in New York. Our show notes are all available at lightreading.com. As a reminder, you can get the Light Reading Podcast from Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and dozens of other platforms and apps. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for getting your telecom news from lightreading.com.